Look, man. Like, hey, bro. Like, Golden State can't go out like that, man. They can't be going down 3-1, man. They can't. Like, that, it just can't happen, bro. It can't. It can't happen. I mean, why not? I mean, the, the, the Patriots, <laughs> they were undefeated and lost in the Super Bowl. Titans have to fall eventually, man. It is what it is. Can't stay on top forever, you know? Look, we've been long overdue for this, man. I got to talk to you about Boston sports for a minute, man. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Boston sports. Let's get it. I was going to wait till after the finals, but, you know, without this, you man. know, without the deciding factor, this would be a little bit more clear conscious. So. All right. So, look. I, I, Pedro Martinez, to me, is probably the best major league pitcher of my lifetime. I'm, mm. I'm 31 years old. Pedro Martinez is my favorite major league baseball pitcher. I literally can watch highlights of him pitching, striking motherfuckers out all day long, man. You know what I'm damn saying? Damn straight. Damn straight. Like, you, you want to talk about attitude and just straight up meanness, a mean streak in sports. Number 45 for the Boston Red Sox from about 1998, I'm going to say the 2001, is arguably the greatest pitcher in the history of the sport of Major League Baseball. Damn right, man. I got shit. You're going to get no uh, <laughs> argument from me. You know what I mean? Like This man was holding it down, man. Holding and it you, down on the mound. And you take into account how many guys we're on the juice. <laughs> that too. Oh, man. <laughs> you take into account how many guys were on the juice during that time. And I mean, Wikipedia has Pedro Martinez listed at 5'10", 170 pounds. You know, and he's like, you look at a highlight reel of this man on the pitcher's mound. Like, he got the strike... Like, Pedro Martinez was the kind of guy that went after the strikeout. He didn't want to get a fly out. He didn't want to get a ground out. He wanted mm-hmm. to get a strikeout, bro. Right. Yep. That was him. It, that was his play style. Aggressive, in your face. Just didn't give a fuck, man. He was like, bring it, you know? I mean, he, he threw down old Yankees manager boy <laughs> to the ground. Y'all, that shit was memorable as fuck, man. <laughs> Dude, his ass down, bro. Like, what the fuck you doing coming up here to this run mound? Run up, bro? run up. You trying to <laughs> run up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the nerve of you, you old ass motherfucker coming up here. You really think you can trying to do something to me, man? I'm, yeah. I'm telling okay. you, bro. Okay, I'm, I, I got to get me a Pedro Martinez jersey. Like that was a mean son of a bitch right there, bro. Straight up and down, man. For real, for real. Yeah, man. Like, have you ever been to a game at Fenway? I had never been to a, a MLB game before, man. Um, mm-hmm. never. I've always, I, I've actually never even got to walk near Fenway. I've been to the the Celtics uh, TD Garden. Um, mm-hmm. I've been there. I've never been to the Patriots Stadium. Um, I always swore I was going to go to see the Orioles play the Red Sox, but um, the best I got was AAA in Norfolk with the. Um, the damn Norfolk Tides, who used to be associated with the Mets. I did get to see Pedro play for AAA. 
when the Mets had the, uh, the Norfolk Tides. So I was That's lucky to tough, see that. Man. Lucky to hey. see that. That's when Pedro had the Jerry Curl, right? He had the Jerry Curl, <laughs> yep. Rocking that black Mets jersey, man. Like, it was still, it was, I was still rooting for the guy, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. He was still yeah. doing his thing. I mean, he was trying to get the Mets. He was oh, trying to yeah. get their ass in the play, trying to get them to something, you know? And, um, yeah, was but doing, that was what it was. He was doing the AAA thing to try to get in shape, man. He had to, yeah. Like, when he had the Jerry curl poking out of the back of the fitted, bro, like, he was trying to... Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. But, but, okay, so... So, are you still a... Are, uh, I mean, in VA, there really isn't a major sports team, right? VA is very mixed. The majority will be Washington. Redskins, that's Redskins territory because everyone just relates to D.C. But mm-hmm. it's a very big melting pot, especially in the 757 because it's, an, it's a military town. So you'll see a whole bunch of, you know, just... I remember back in school, it was Falcons, Falcons, Michael Vick. Of course, he was a hometown heel in Atlanta. Everyone's Atlanta. And then it kind of comes and goes and switches the teams. The Seahawks got all of a sudden. A lot of bandwagon mm-hmm. culture in Virginia. But the mainstays are Redskins, Cowboys, Steelers, and mm. I'll say Patriots. Those are like the four right there that oh. are like prominent throughout Virginia for like no, regular occurrence. Oh yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm. 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 I'm Ravens too. Ravens. Ravens. They're. They're there. Raven Nation's there too. Um, the West Coast teams don't get too much love. It's mostly, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, mostly East Coast and I mean Texas. So. All right, so just just real quick. All right, back just back to Boston, real quick. Back to bro. Boston. All right. So my thing is this here. This is the only beef that I have with the sports teams based out in the New England to Boston region here, man. And I mean, I'd love to get your input on this. The thing that kind of bothers me a little bit is like nobody. I, I can't buy it. I, I can't see any team coming out of that region as being like an underdog, man. Even when, don't get me wrong, like I, in 2004, I was damn sure rooting for the Red Sox to win that fucking World Series. When they okay. came back 3-1 from the Yankees, I remember being in seventh grade, coming home from school and watching baseball. Just glued to the TV, watching nine innings of baseball from the time I got home to the time I went to bed. Like, there's mm. no disputing that right there. But, like, bro, is it really believable that any sports team in Boston could ever be an underdog? Is that really believable, bro? You know, for two... <laughs> you know, for two, not anymore. Uh, it used to be that way. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots were shit for... They lost to Chicago Bears in, in, the, in the Super Bowl, and I think they lost to the um, Green Bay Packers. They were yeah. shit. The Patriots were shit before Tom Brady. I was there in the Drew Bledsoe days, man. Like, they, <laughs> no one gave a fuck about the Patriots in New England, man. I'm sorry. I remember the, the Rams Super Bowl. There was more kids in my school rooting for the Rams, rocking the Rams jersey, than they were Patriots. It's like, what? They, yeah, I remember. I don't know why. Daily Middle School, like, Lowell, Massachusetts, I swear. I saw more people rock the Rams and Patriots. Like everyone thought the Patriots just lucked out. You know what I mean? Like this was everyone, you know, the loser mentality. 
And it took till them building that dynasty to where you'll never see the New England Patriots as an underdog. The Celtics, they had a drought. They were, you know, they're the Celtics. You know, you have the Bill Russell era. You had the the Larry Bird era. So it was just, you know, it was a matter of time before once they got cooking, they can come back and make, you know, make something out of it. And, um, you know, and the Red Sox, of course, 86 years, the lovable losers, that whole stigma. But once Tom Brady and really uh, Pedro came to town, man, like those, that that New England sports changed. It, it, it wasn't just no longer just a Celtic town. It was, it, it changed, man, to where, it, I can't, like you said, uh, they're never going to be underdogs again. Never. Red Sox never will be underdogs. The Patriots will never be underdogs. Uh, even like the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? They'll never be quite all, all those guys. Like, I, I'll never see them get to do it again. Like, that era is gone. They've kind of become, they've become the New York Yankees of sports. They've become like the Dallas Cowboys of sports. They have become now... You know, you win championships, you win dynasties, the fan base gets entitled. They feel like they're Dang. the best. Oh, no one else can compare. Goodness. And it's only just, you know, 20 years, I think in my lifetime, just the, our lifetime, the switch of how they felt. You know what I'm saying? Where Yankees came in town, these guys were shitting bricks. You know what I mean? I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. I mean, Yo. you mentioned you met for for you mentioned Aaron Boone to a certain demographic of Red Sox fans. They still feeling sweats from that shit. You know what I mean? Like even right, though that right. shit's gone, but to certain, but to some, the older they know and the newer they don't know. All they know is the Red Sox are winners. All they know is the mm-hmm. Patriots are winners. They don't know what that shit was like <laughs> before the swap. Right. For swap, you know. Well, and and, and th- this is the thing, right? Like. Okay, so take the Chicago Cubs, for example. Okay. The Chicago Cubs, they won the World Series, I believe, in 20... It was either 2016, 2017. I I feel like it was 2016 when they won the World Series, after like 100-plus years. Yeah, yeah. They they won that World Series and then kind of fell back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, Chicago sports fans didn't win that World Series finally, and then just start popping shit. Mm-hmm. The issue that I got with the Boston sports fans is the yeah. arrogance, bro. And the arrogance of Boston sports fans just makes <laughs> it to where, like, I can't even watch these NBA finals right now, man. <laughs> I can't even do it, bro. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I mean, it's been like ten years since they've been in it. You know, it's been it's been a decade. You know, it's been a it's and been a minute. True. And, and that's true, man. And you know, when 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 Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, when they got that ring against the Lakers, yes, I was rooting for the Boston Celtics because Kevin Garnett, in my opinion, is probably one of the five to ten best basketball players I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like seeing Kevin Garnett win a championship was a big fucking deal as Mm. a basketball fan. But like, bro, I'm sorry, man. I don't understand it. The arrogance of New England sports fans is just fucking mind boggling, bro. It it really is. It 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 there's something about it that gets under my skin, man. And I can't explain it. 
You know what I'm saying? I can't explain <laughs> it, bro. I, I cannot oh, explain it, man. I think it's 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 a sense of like, hey, all right, it's our time now. It's a sense of like, you know, imagine if the Detroit like Lions started to build a dynasty. It's like we have like 40, 40, 50 years. Okay, we got it's not just at first it was like, oh, we got the one, but then it was like, wait, there's more? And then it turns into like, no, we have 40 years to catch up on. Let's keep, you know, let's keep the string rolling, you know? And um, <clears throat> I think, I think that's it, man. I think it's a sense of like, no, we're not like, we, we need to catch up. We need to catch up. We want to be the, the dominant uh, team, sports teams, like of all time. I think it's just a sense of like, we've been losers for so long. Like, fuck that. We're not going back to that shit. Like, we're, we're no, we're not that anymore. This is this is the new us. You know what I'm saying? And I think no. that's we're not going back. And I think that's where it comes from. There's no going back. Not becoming that again. Like the pressures of the organization, like the standard. It's no longer just like oh, we made the playoffs. Like that that shit ain't good enough anymore. You know? It's you got to at least make the championship. You know? What I mean? You got to at least make the finals. You got to at least make the Super Bowl. Like we're expecting Stanley. you to take it all the way right. every year. Stanley Cup, all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Bruins, too. Yeah, the Bruins, too. The know? Bruins have won, like, the Stanley Cup before, right? Yeah, they won. They won. Yeah, it's it's not – they're not – they're, like, I think top five in, in championship wins, I think, for NHL. Oh, my goodness. Because this is the thing. <laughs> like, okay, prime example. They call Chicago the second city, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like if New if there was no such thing as New York City, it would be Boston. Boston mm. would be New York City if there was no New York City. And yep, that's it. That's it too. Like to me, I've never been to Chicago. My sister, she lives maybe like an hour outside of Chicago. I've never been there before. But I don't I feel like Boston, and, and you've been to New York before. You got family in New York. Mm-hmm. Is Boston in the shadow of New York City? Oh, most York- definitely. Okay, elaborate, please. <laughs> most please elaborate. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. That, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's envy. It's envy of New York City, New York, New York, New York, you know, the Empire State. And Boston wants, they want that. And also, like, yeah, they want that. They want that 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 spotlight per se, and especially if they can get it for sports, they can and they will. You know, um, it's the, it's envy. It's envy. It's New. Oh, fucking New York. You know, oh, you New. You know, you Yankee. Like that's that whole thing. You know what I mean? It's 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 a lot. It's be. It's not just sports culture. It's just regular culture for those two uh, cities. That's that's the thing, right? But and it's like meanwhile. Let's be honest here, man. What is the prevailing industry in the state of Massachusetts? <laughs> what is the industry? What what great industry would drive somebody to say, "Hey, I'm gonna move from the West Coast or the South or the Midwest to Massachusetts"? You know, like I, I really want to know, bro. <laughs> is it is it tech? Is it real estate? What is it, business? I think what it's just reason? business yeah. in Boston. I don't know, man. I couldn't. 
<laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell you anymore. I, I'm so out of it now. I I don't know what the hell is going on in Massachusetts or Boston. Like what's? I just think big business when I think Boston, man. Like that's. I don't know. Right. I don't know what industry is running over there. Because you know, and, and to me, I feel like the only people that, and, and like prime example, New York City. I've never been there. My wife has been on vacation there. My mom has been on vacation there. Obviously, mm. you've been there. Okay, New York City might not be the most welcoming city to out-of-towners, but there's still attractions there. There are still, like, tourist attractions. There's things that can draw somebody, you know, Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium, Empire State Building, mm. Broadway, Central Park. There are things that can draw a person to travel there on any given day out of the year. There's nothing in the state of Massachusetts that I could think of, and this is going to get some heel heat, but there's nothing <laughs> I can think of in the state of Massachusetts to where I could wake up tomorrow morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to take this week off work to catch a flight to Boston, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a ticket to Logan <laughs> International Airport in Boston and be there for a whole week. How does that even sound, man? How does that sound, bro? How does that sound? Uh, I mean, uh, besides the sports, I mean, it's really just, um, yeah, it's really just, it's really similar to New York, but it's just not as grand scale. You know, it's, it's just, but it's not New York. It's not New York, but you're getting like a miniature version of it. But oh, man. I mean, it's very historical, very historical. You, if you're a history buff, you're going to just jack off to every inch of the, like every neighborhood that's there. And, you know, it's got a lot of history and now have sports. Like, you know, and if you like seafood, hey, that's, you know, they got, they got some, some seafood there too. Like, I mean, honestly, man, it's just, you know, it's for the, for the rich, they get to live it up there and do their thing and big business, you know, you're good. But I don't know, like you said, they don't have like the New York attractions. They don't have like the subway, the, um, you know, Statue of Liberty, the Rockefeller Center. They don't have, they got culture, but it's like. It's more small, small town culture rather than big town culture. And I think it's like mm-hmm. they want the big town culture, but they don't want to sacrifice the small because there's colleges around there. It's honestly more like a college city than a big time mm-hmm. city. And I think there's a conflict between we want that, but also we want to keep this. So, OK, I think I think that's the thing. I think that's the difference. But it, it is like if you want to say it's great value, New York City, most people would say like. <laughs> I'm gonna let you. Know, you that's I'm a, that's oh, the beef man. right there. That's the beef. That's that's They're the not thing. Like that, bro. They're not gonna <laughs> like that, man. And, okay, so beef. even even with that being said, what you just said there, like I feel like the people who live there, the people who live there, the perception that I get from the people that I've met from there, and just you know through TV and all of that. Is that they're not very welcoming to people who migrate to that mm-hmm. area. 
the New England area, like you said, has that kind of small towny feel to it, to where yeah. we don't really want outsiders coming from other places. Right, right. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, New York is like, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, New York is more acceptable to all different cultures. Boston has that. You know, there's a Chinatown. Like, there's definitely like there's a little Italy. Boston has that, but you're right in the sense of like there's more sense of like yo like let's keep it the way it is per se. You're mm-hmm. right. Like it's not very as welcoming as a New York City or like even like um I don't know like a DC or something like that. It's still very like traditional in, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> <In> more- <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I mean there is there is a history. I mean there is a history of it doesn't take much of a Google search to see that you would think oh Boston you know it's northern they're liberal like you know they have they have deep rooted past in, in racism and the Red Sox were the last team to integrate in the MLB like that's a thing you know what I'm saying um. That's definitely a thing. I remember player you know there's always been a thing of car- uh, players. Black players not getting the total recognition they deserved in Boston. There's a reason why some of the players always wanted to get traded. Why would they want to get traded? Everything's working well. Mm. They're winning. You know what mm. I'm saying? There's that. There's always that sense of like it takes, you know, a certain individual to kind of just glance over certain things and continue to work there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm hurt. Mookie Betts left man but i understand you know what i'm saying i understand that <laughs> aspect like yo he want he don't want to be in this culture you know what i'm saying man. for for his whole career you know he went over to la what? got himself a ring and the, that la lifestyle is better you know like so that's a real thing no you're right and and i i might not like i don't know if i like kyrie irving or if i'm indifferent to kyrie irving but I don't blame him for leaving Boston the way he left Boston. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't blame him for yeah. that, even though I'm a little bit kind of iffy on him on, on, on a lot of other things. But last but not least, brother, I, I just want to get to the root of this here. So the Boston accent, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, man. I really, uh, oh man, I have no idea where it comes from. I don't know where. I think is it, is it a Catholic thing? Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know where it comes from, dude. To be honest with you, it's so it's different than New York. It's not. It's it's just it's its own entity. <laughs> There's no other like, accent like that in America that's similar. You know, because we can't even like you can't really even put that. Okay, first off, let's back up here for a sec. Okay, so you, I mean, let's just break down a couple regions here for a second. Okay, what is considered the DMV area as far as, you know, Virginia? Well, what's considered the DMV? Which cities comprise the DMV in that area? I think it's uh, Virginia, VA, and Maryland. Um, Yeah, I think it's VA and Maryland. Okay, so... But is it when it comes to that? Okay, is it D? Obviously, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Okay, 
Now, what parts of Virginia are considered to be that? Is Norfolk a part of that? Is Richmond, yeah. Newport, Virginia Beach? Uh, there's a perception where DMV is really like northern, northern, like not even like Richmond, past Richmond, like more like DC, more like, um, yeah, there's a perception that Nova, northern Virginia is more like DMV area. There's Norfolk, Virginia Beach is kind of considered like, not really like VA for whatever reason. It's like, I, it's weird. It's weird things like almost too Southern. You know what I'm saying? It's like borderline North Carolina. So, okay, that's interesting. But because you can catch a train from VA to get to New York, right? Yeah, yeah, you can catch a train to be in New York. Okay. Then you got the tri-state area. Now I don't know what what's considered the tri-state. The tri-state area. Yeah, is that like that's like New York, PA, and Connecticut? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. Okay, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. Okay, what is considered to be the New England region? To get to the bottom of this, what's what's considered New England? New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. All right. (laughs) So have you been to any of those other areas? Yeah, New Hampshire. I live. I didn't live too far away from New Hampshire. Been to New Hampshire. I've been to Maine. Never been to Vermont. And uh, on the way to New York, always have to travel through uh, Rhode Island and Connecticut to get to New York City. So, okay. Now, throughout those areas, do do they talk similar to how they talk in Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. It's Connecticut and Rhode Island is pretty much almost like a, a weird little war zone between. Like some parts of the states like New York and other parts of the states relate more to Boston. So mm-hmm. those are like the uh, uncharted territory for like sports affiliations. But it's either New York City or Boston. Those two, Connecticut and Rhode Island, they can go either way. Like, bro, that fucking accent, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. Like, I'm sorry. I, there's a show called uh, City on a Hill. Uh-huh. That's on Showtime with Kevin Bacon and um uh man the brother that's playing Hawkman. Idris uh Hodge. Idris Hodge. Yeah, all, all this all this Hodge, yeah. Yeah. Like I got through like three episodes and it's really a good show. It's it's a damn good show. But hearing them talk with that fucking accent is like nails on a chalkboard, bro. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I'm I'm saying that respectfully. Respectfully, but so. Like, but it's like, yo, they really walking around this. They really walking around like that area, talking like that, man. They really doing that, bro. You know, it's unique, man. It's unique. I mean, we lived in uh, North Dakota, and you know, and, you know, you live uh, in Minnesota. They have their own accent there too. And it's terrible. Uh, it's yeah. Terrible. So I think the southern accent is like the most accessible the most, I guess, normal accent of American accents. You think the Southern accent? I think the Southern accent is just like the least offensive. And I think it's just because of TV and culture. <laughs> I think it's TV and movies, a lot of movies in the South, whatever. So uh-huh. that accent isn't as like, you know, Rick, 
you know, Rick Grimes, you know, he got that snarl. He got that snarl with him, you know, call, you know. Yeah, he's right, right. Even, <laughs> even, though, even though Andrew Lincoln is British. He's British. <laughs> and, he got that and, Southern thing going for him, you know. Right, like, right, yeah. right, right, right. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that because, I mean, I think that the worst accent in America is North. Hold on, you went out. Yeah, hold hold on real quick, bro. Hold on, right. I got I got to set my phone on. Like, but yeah, I was saying the worst regional accent I've ever heard is North Dakota. Easily, North Dakota. Easily, and, and like, and and I mean, living in Minnesota isn't too much different, but it's it's different enough to where it's less offensive. But mm-hmm. come on, bro. That fucking Boston accent, man, it bothers me watching. And I guess this is what it is here. I watch a movie like The Town or The Departed or mm-hmm. uh, Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. And I see actors in the movie who aren't from that area trying to do that accent. And it's just it just makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes it even worse. So I guess that's kind of what bothers me here, bro. Like, you know what I mean? With the hard acts pull off naturally in, in, in film and cinema. And it's just, if you don't got it, you don't got it, man. It's, just, it's not going to work. Like, and right. you can disguise yourself in New York. You know what I'm saying? It's not everyone in New York has an accent for, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, people come and go. Like, you. You live in New York, you may not be from New York. So you don't have that mm-hmm. that, that New York, that you know, that that York style uh talking. But right. I mean, yeah, but in Boston it's kinda like, you know, it's almost like that by default you should have that accent when you know, you can play it off like they're not from there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think right. you know, do some inventive writing to why they don't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh like do you remember you remember phil smith you remember him yeah i remember phil yeah yeah like uh, phil smith was from upstate new york man i want to say i don't know where he was from in new york i feel like he was from syracuse mm. but when i heard this guy when i heard him say charizard with no r that's when it was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, bro. Like you're from upstate New York, but you really walking around. <laughs> uh, hey, and I, I, I like I got love for Phil Smith. I fuck with Phil Smith. Yeah, but yeah, when, he was cool. He was cool. When I heard him say Charizard with no R. And, like, I just had to shake my head, bro. Like, all right, you doing too much right now, bro. You're from <laughs> upstate. You from upstate New York, but you walking around like you, like, you know what I mean? You walking yeah. around like, uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a thing, man. It's a thing. And uh, I, I think the Warriors tied up the series 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it ain't it ain't gonna, ain't gonna be easy, man. It's not gonna be easy. But like, even you know, even if, if the Celtics win this year, best believe there's gonna be a sense of like the fans, like, okay, we you know, team's young, team's young. Let's see, we you know, let's see if we can get it. It won't be, you know, it'd be nice. But it's not. It's always gonna be that feeling of wanting more. 
now. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I mean, Boston sports, man, it's just that it's, it's the new standard of like winning. You know what I'm saying? It's not enough just to win once. You got to try to win it two, three, four, five times, however many, you know? It's That's time to play catch up. Let's play catch up ball. We, we, you know, you know, it's time. Let's win them rings. Play catch up ball. Man. Fine. That's Even though the Celtics are in the lead. I think this series is. I, I initially I was thinking Golden State in six, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think the M- okay, so it's it's two two. The the NBA Finals format. I think they got it all kind of fucked up, man. It's two two. One one one. So game five, I, I can't stand the way that they they set up the NBA finals. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, it used to be it used to be two games home, three games away, mm-hmm. and the last two home. Yep. But now they now they divided it like two two then one one. Yep. With the NBA finals, like every other series is two three two. Two three two. Yep. With the finals, for some strange reason. They do it 2-2-1-1-1. So game five is going to be in Golden State. Game six mm-hmm. will be in Boston. And if there's a game seven, I mean, they do it to stretch out the series. To stretch like, out the series, yeah, and the ratings and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, in all honesty, that's why they do it. So today is Friday. I think game five will be, be on, on Sunday. Monday. Sunday or Monday? Yes, yeah, probably Monday. But, I mean – like, I can't even, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't watched one game, man. Like, mm-hmm. I can't root for the Golden State Warriors because I feel like. You I, mad they, they moved to San Francisco. Yeah, man. Like, that. there's a part of that that kind of bothers me a little bit because that fan base was built up in Oakland. And, I mean, Oakland to San Francisco is a long-ass drive, man. Like, I drove. I drove to San Francisco from Fairfield in 2020 when I was there doing some training, and that took like an hour. Mm. I couldn't imagine driving from Oakland to San Francisco with gas prices right now and <laughs> and whatever it is that they're charging oh, for, yeah. the tickets, for the tickets in there. Like, fuck the Warriors, man. Fuck yeah. that organization for doing that. But. I damn sure ain't rooting for the Boston Celtics, bro. Like, nah, <laughs> that, that's not gonna work, man. But on, on to on to another topic on the, on this B roll here, man. Like, uh, and uh, fair enough, I didn't say that Boston was great value in New York. I said the, they're fighting that perception of that they're great value in New York. Uh, I didn't man, say, yeah, they, I didn't say yeah. specifically that they, you know, they're great value in New York. Yo, nah. yo you had to clean that shit up. Huh? I had to clean it. I'm not sure if that came across, but uh, I just want to make sure that I'm not saying that, you know. Cause, oh yeah. man. All right, <laughs> but moving so, on. So, so this is the, this is the other question I wanted to ask from from the other night. So you mentioned that it is currently Caribbean Heritage Month, right? Yeah, currently. So, as far as island culture goes, what are some of the foods that you would associate with being Caribbean? I'm mm-hmm. interested in this because my knowledge of Caribbean food goes to like Jamaican food. I've had, you know, I've been to a Puerto Rican restaurant in San Antonio before, but that's my extent there. 
What is some of the food associated with Caribbean culture? Yeah, I would have to say that, um, you know, when I think of first and foremost, one of the most universal, like, snacks, foods for Caribbean culture is plantain, plantanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had that before? Plant Fried plantain or plantain Hell chips? Yeah. Okay, Hell okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's Caribbean culture. Of course, you got your famous, uh, you know, Jamaican jerk chicken. Uh, you have your famous curry, curry chicken, curry goat, curry and roti. You have um, Johnny Cakes, which is like like a, like a baked roll with saltfish in it. Uh, Johnny Cake, like a fried roll with, with uh, saltfish. You have Sorrel, which is one of my favorite drinks. It's like a red plant, and you put herbs and cinnamon and sugar in it, and as you boil it, and shit's just like, it's like Kool-Aid, but just, 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 it's just on crack, man. It's just better. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy better than, it's, it's one of the, like, addictive drinks i ever had like some and you could put it you can make it extra spicy with some ginger in there you can make it extra sweet it's just like a red it's just like a more flavorful fruit punch you know what i'm saying Di- diabetes man it's like i mean you don't have to put as much it's whatever you you know if you don't want it too much sugar in there you don't have to put too much sugar you put a little bit more different spice in there you know it's like mm-hmm. you can really change it up to how you want you know what i'm saying um but yeah, sorrow is definitely a heavy hitter. Cola champagne is like another good drink. Um, I think my family we eat uh, chow mein because in Guyana there's a there's a black population, Indian population, there's a little bit of an Asian population there too, and all three cultures kind of take each other's cuisine and learning from each other's cuisine. So you know, my family we we, we cook chow mein like Asian like noodles, chow mein. Um, mm. And that's just like that's just normal for us, you know. Um, uh, what else? I mean, Caribbean food, of course, peas and rice, uh, saltfish by itself. It's 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 definitely different. It's not like it's it's just foods. I always um, pepper pot. That's one big thing for us. It's like a nice black syrupy, uh, like. Uh, how would I explain this? It's just like a, just a nice tasting sauce, right? And you can put whatever, usually beef, you put beef in and then put my, my, my uncles and them, they, they, they can do like cow nose and tongue and cow. They can put a whole lot of different pieces in that pot, but it's like, mm. it's just like a nice brown black sauce that you eat with bread and you have like, you know, you can eat it with beef. It's like, we only cook it once a year for around Christmas because it takes couple hours to to brew up or whatever and um you know oxtails oxtails is another thing have you tried oxtails before you you kill some oxtails huh oh man 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 you boil them right Uh, yeah yeah you could boil them or um i don't i'm my family loves oxtails i'm actually not a fan of oxtails oddly enough right because they like they tend to have a lot of fat on them yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging the oxtails, but the family loves oxtails. Um, mangoes, mangoes, man, you know that's that's a natural fruit fruit to eat. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's just there's, there's a different variety. Um, coconut buns, my grandma made coconut buns. It's, uh, I mean, it's different. It's it, those are good too. Those are some baked okay. coconut buns. You do it. Yo. I 
Kill them yeah, joints. That, that sounds fire, bro. Yeah, yeah. Matai, my my grandma makes matai, which is like it's almost like a fried donut stick with like some uh, powder on it, and that shit that shit slaps as well. So, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's not fire, bro. So matai, yeah, that that shit, that shit it has good, it's good crunch, and you just oh man, you like you just want more of that shit. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I really enjoy the, I mean, Caribbean food because it's just, you know, I never really appreciated the culture, like kind of growing up, I always just never really thought too much about it. But as I grow older, I have more appreciation for like the food and the music and the culture and like carnival and like, you know, just certain, certain of these things, like you just kind of cherish more, like. Mm-hmm. as you get older and it's always like and I'll, I'll be honest is it almost like a feeling of like an identity per se because it's not mm-hmm. like you know like we it's all it's a, it's a good sense of like identity you know what i'm saying like it's a good sense of like oh we we have our own stuff like we have our own like tradition you know what i'm saying that's not just straightforward like american right um so, and not in the sense of like, we're, cause I know some people have a sense of like, oh, we're superior than regular Americans because, you know, we got our own foods, we got our own styles and y'all just, you know, <laughs> y'all just eating hamburgers, hot dogs and ribs and shit. And, you know, we got our own thing. But as, <laughs> as, as Paul Mooney would say, y'all just got dropped off first. So. <laughs> oh man. Hey, yo, yo, Paul Mooney, man, man, man. Rest in peace to Paul Rest Mooney. Rest in power to Paul Mooney. Yeah, so. Dog. I'm never, I'm never gonna look at it as a sense of superiority because we have our own customs and traditions. It's like, oh, y'all niggas don't mm-hmm. have shit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never do that. But uh, it does feel nice to have, like, you know, our own distinct something different than just traditional American customs, and it feels nice to have our own identity, even if it's not okay. like purely African, you know? Right, right. So with because, I mean, obviously, the Virgin Islands, you know, you look on a map and you can see how that fits into being Caribbean. With Guyana being in South America, mm-hmm. like, that's, okay, so I don't know, I don't have a map, I'm not looking at a map right now, but with Guyana, is there a hybrid between... But okay, so we we're halfway through this year, right? Yeah, by halfway, yep. What is going on in comics right now, man? Like it feels cold. <laughs> the comic book scene feels very cold right now, man. I don't know if that's a result of you know just some some things kind of changing over the course of this year compared to last year. You said that this is kind of the year of the indies. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to get back into some indie comics, but like, how are we midway through the year and nothing has really been on the radar right now? Like this time last year, we had the milestone thing going on, you know. We, we had the am, future state. Yep, I Am Batman was popping off. 
What is going on in comics, bro? What is happening right now, man? Um, There really isn't too much. DC is basically doing Dark Crisis, which is the Justice League dies, essentially. So the Justice League is getting replaced by the newer, younger squad. Basically teased in Future State. That was like two years ago. So now it's sort of canon. Batman, Superman, Flash, all the original team members of Justice League is dead, and they're being replaced by the new squad, aka uh, Jonathan Kent and um, Jace Fox, and the rest of them are taking over the uh, Justice League. So we got that with DC Milestone. Uh, I think they just releasing some of their trade paperbacks from one through six. Hardware just finished, just came out with number six like last week, man. Like. I was almost going to snag it just to see how it ended, but I don't know, man. I was, I was, because they just took so long, like, that, that, that shit, that shit took too long in the can, man. It took too long to develop, and Marvel is, I don't even know what the fuck Marvel's up to. Um, They're making movies and TV shows. They're making movies and TV shows, you know? Honestly... I don't know the status quo. The X-Men is still in Krakoa. They're still doing that. The Avengers, I don't I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't really tell you anything ongoing with Spider-Man still making Spider-Man titles. Miles still have his own shit. Um, but other than that, man, it's been pretty much it's been quiet for comics and the, from the mainstream, you know what I'm saying? Uh, King Spawn is still doing good. Todd McFarlane, oh, yeah. you saw yeah. you saw the stat. King Spawn is just, yo, Todd Mack ain't going nowhere, man. Like, oh, he, yeah. he's doing his thing, man. He ain't, bro. Like, they tried to bury him. Todd McFarlane will not go away. <laughs> he's not. That, like he, he ain't going nowhere, bro, at all. No, I ain't got all respect. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not. You know, like you know, whether you count Spawn as a black hero or got a problem with him not embracing his blackness, it's fucking whatever, man. At the end of the day, it's sales, man. It's sales. Uh-huh. It's money. It's a cool character. So I got no beef with Spawn killing it in the game and James Tinian with his uh something is killed killing the children. No, I'm sorry. The Department of Truth. I read the first issue. I need to grab a graphic novel of that because that shit some some dope ass conspiracy theory, very kind of like meta intellectual like writing man. Yeah, the Department of Truth. I think you dig it. That one was okay. dope. I bought one issue. I need to get the graphic novel because that shit was cool. All right, man. Next, yeah, bro. When I get off work Monday, mm-hmm. I might I might have to stop at the shop. Uh huh. I might need to stop at the shop and check that out. Yeah, man. The department. I think that you can get the first issue for a dollar. It's like on the greatest hit section. Um, but yeah, honestly, like I like I mentioned, the, the indies got the interesting shit. They just don't carry all the sexy headlines and stories. And with the mm-hmm. news media, they know this. They know we're not going to click on the Department of Truth article. They know we'll click on Dark Crisis article. They know we'll click on Jace Fox. You know what I'm saying? They'll know we'll click on anything from Marvel and DC traditionally, but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to really highlight all the great indie work that's out there right now. Um, Philadelphia is still going strong. I need to catch up. I got two. I need to read the second graphic novel. That's Rodney Barnes. AKA winning time screenwriter, great screenwriter. He's coming out, you know, some Star Wars work too. So 
Um, I'm excited for Black Adam or Christopher Priest. I'm excited for Black. I'm buying that shit as soon as it comes out. Because, I mean, come on, man. It's Christopher Priest. He, he always mm-hmm. goes 110%. He always writes in a way that you don't think Marvel and DC will allow, and they allow him to do it. So I got mm-hmm. a lot of appreciation for him with Black Adam. Um, I mean, even for me, man, I've been kind of slowing down on, on doing a lot of support, man. I'm just trying to focus on my own shelf, my own self, you know what I'm saying? Getting oh, my yeah. stuff out, you know? So um, by the end of the year, I'll have like three three books, like pretty much printed. So, hey, 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 you know what? We're we going to get into that this week. <laughs> well, we, yeah. we, we will get into that this week, man. Definitely, we'll get into that this week. Yeah, my, for sure. In, in my opinion, I think the reason why things have kind of slowed down in terms of what's being released on print is everybody who has something out there that is currently marketable, they're holding out for the TV bag right now. Mm-hmm. They're holding out for the streaming licensing movie deal right now to where the flow of things that are really touching the masses and getting out on everybody's radar has to slow down because we're still trying to see how some of this stuff plays out. Hmm. After Sandman drops in August, I think that's when things are going to pick up a little bit more. Mm. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of my personal estimation because I feel like Netflix took a swing and a miss with Jupiter. What was it called? Ascending. I think so. That was, that was uh, Mark Millar's. Um, that's yeah. his own comic universe. And honestly, I don't think they're going to really dig too deep into his stuff. Right. After that. that was just a big flop for them. Yep. That was a swing and a miss for Netflix yeah. post MCU. And it's interesting to me that HBO Max didn't try to grab up Sandman, but Neil Gaiman ain't playing them games with his properties. He ain't playing that <laughs> shit. Wait, right? No, ain't that kind of interesting to know that, yeah. that, like, that HBO Max wouldn't want a piece of that, but personally, I think that the litmus test for kind of what these, you know, quote-unquote underground or, you know, I'm not going to say indie properties because Sandman isn't really an indie. After we see how that does, then the floodgates are going to kind of open up and then we'll see where we're at by the end of the year. Mm. I think the critical acclaim for Sandman is going to be very, very well received and before the end of the year, we'll see an uptick in in the speculation on on trades and all of that for the Sandman comic books. And then we're going to see more things being released after that. Like, if we're being honest, and I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff kind of going on this year. And, and just moving away from comic books a little bit. Like, Walking Dead is going to end this year. The main series of that show is ending this fall. Mm. So there's going to be another comic book property or graphic novel property that's going to emerge on television before the end of this year as that property kind of fades out and goes into the spinoff territory. 
So I think that's where we're at with comic books right now. But you're right, bro. Like, I, I, we had more time last year to kind of dive into some of these things as well. So Right. But, I mean, last year, you're right. I was more hyped to go to the comic shop. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was more hyped. I was like, all right, Future State, even though, even though I, some of the stuff I didn't like, it was still a little exciting to see, like, all right, let me see. Let me see what Green Lantern are going to do. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me mm-hmm. see what this is going to do. Let me see what it's going to do. Well, those didn't really live up to the hype, but I was interested to go to the shop and check out that whole line, man. Like, I really, like, we both got really invested in that, that DC future state storyline. And we can see now that for the most part, some of that <laughs> stuff came true. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. some of those, those characters and those storylines became canon. <laughs> That's crazy, uh, you know? right? Um, and it's just like you know, if you didn't like Jonathan Kent, then you you sure as hell ain't gonna like Jonathan Kent now. <laughs> we, that's, that's true. Uh, that's you know? very true. We 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 you know we 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 I look we dissected that a little bit and called it what it was then, and yeah, we weren't we weren't wrong about it. And uh, nope. for those who were, you know, like he said, for those who are complaining now, y'all weren't paying attention. And it's just something for y'all to, to snag at, you know. If you don't like Dark Crisis, don't buy Dark Crisis. You know, like I'm not buying nope. Dark Crisis. I don't care for it. I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna bitch and complain about the quality of it because I'm not gonna read it. Nope. You're not gonna spend your money on it, so it doesn't really apply. Right, right. Buy. There's something in this day and age. There's something for everybody now. Like everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, there's a creator out there, either in the indie scene, mainstream, whatever, is making a comic book that you'll enjoy. You just got to go out and find it. I don't see how people have so much fun, you know, complaining about Marvel and DC all the time. There's a plethora of books, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Webtoons, pick it, Comixology, shit's out. Something's out for everybody out there, and you just got to go and find it. It ain't coming from Marvel and DC. Go. You know what I'm saying? Go move on. You know what I'm saying? Move on to something else. So I, I think we definitely we definitely need to do a Philadelphia, man. You definitely need to be Philadelphia, the Department of Truth, and you know, the antagonist issue one is free now. It's a free PDF. So just to see what you gotta um what you think about that series. Okay. Who wrote who wrote the antagonist? Antagonist is uh, uh is a is a writer by the name of Tyler Martin. He's been in the indie game for for uh, mm-hmm. a few years now this is his hit creation he's had like two other titles before this one and this is the one that popped for him so uh he just announced a spin-off series which is going to be like a fighting fighting tournament on an island and it's actually going to be developed into a fight game he says as well so um I, I would say that's 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 the one that could potentially besides black sands in terms of these spaces like that number two to pop off soon okay so and and, and i would love to all right uh, you know we'll leave that right there we'll save some of that for for d smith <laughs> yep, yep we'll save some of that for d smith um last thing here just on, on the way out here man like with gaming i know e3 is coming up are we getting to the point where it like how many more years are we really going to have E3, man? Like, what's the statute of limitations on E3? I'm, I'm gonna, I don't even know why they showing up. Everything was showing up with Sony State of Play. Man, 2025? 
May I think that might be yeah twenty or even sooner to be honest with you, man. Like there's really no need to have E three. It's 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 useless now, you know. Like right, it's it's really redundant. Especially if you're gonna have state of play and uh, all the major publishers are gonna companies are gonna showcase their exclusives. They're gonna showcase all their hot shit. Then like, what the fuck are you gonna do? You know what I'm saying for E three? None of the none of the good stuff to say for E three is. It's almost like. You might as well develop it into a small time. I think that's where they're going, like a developer, more of a corporate environment, more like a business insider. Those who work within the industry meet up with each other. It's not really going to be for us, the customer anymore. I think that's the only way something like that, I think, will function in the future because the excitement is gone. The anticipation has gone. There's more fun with having the rumors and speculation Mm -hmm. than actual E3 itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the time of 24 hour coverage and someone waiting in line to play a game, a demo, and them them yeah. writing the article right after they played in their impressions. And that, those days are done, man. Man. Rest in peace to G4 TV. G4, man. yeah. Rest G4. in peace to G4, bro. GameSpot. Game, is GameSpot yep. still around? Oh, uh, yeah, they're on Game, YouTube. GameSpot, Electronic Gaming Monthly. Oh man! Official PlayStation magazine. Yo, that Xbox guy. magazine, Nintendo Power. Who else are we missing here? There. Game Informer. Game Informer. They still around, but eh, okay. They still are. They still again. Game. GameStop saved Game Informer. They're like the 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 okay. video. They're the magazine of GameStop. <laughs> they saved. Oh man! They would have been folded if it weren't for GameStop. So so real quick, bro. I don't know if you can remember any of these, but. Like, are there any games that you can think of that you read about, heard about, that never ended up coming out? Because there was one that jumps out in my head, but I'm, I want to know what you think about that. Like, <laughs> in, any games that you that you heard were coming out that just ended up never coming out? I heard about coming out but never actually came out. There's probably a list. That I just, I, I honestly, I can't even remember to tell you the All truth. Right. I remember there was a Metal Gear game that was supposed, a Metal Gear movie that was supposed to come out. <laughs> Pac-Man, Pac-Man animated movie that was supposed to come out. Um, that's really all I can remember, man. Yo, all right, so, so, bro, there was, I remember this vividly because my cousin had, um, <laughs> Uh shit. My cousin had a subscription to Game Informer. Um Snoop Dogg was on the cover of this issue of Game Informer. There was a game, it was called Fear and Respect. It was supposed to be like the San Andreas killer when it when it dropped or whatever. Snoop Dogg was on the cover of Game Informer. They had actual like screenshots. Of the gameplay footage in the magazine, and the game never came out. And eventually, it was like you know, it just faded in darkness or whatever. But like, wow, I'm looking at the cover right now, man. Memories, holy shit! (laughs) Never, (laughs) never came out. I don't know what happened to that game, bro. I have no clue what happened to Fear and Respect. I don't know what the game was going to be. I don't know what the story of it was. Yeah. Any of that. But I remember seeing Snoop Dogg's character 
on the cover of Game Info. Yeah, you you looking at the same shit I'm looking yep, at right dude. now. They really attached John Singleton's name to that game, bro. Rest yeah. in power yeah. to John Singleton. What the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> and it that really was a, that was time and error. They really were like trying to get in that GTA bag, man, and just man, you know. True crime at least out. was honest and came out. You know what I'm saying? True crime at least came out. Bruh, they real you're right. True crime true crime was fucking garbage. But they really attached John Singleton <laughs> and Snoop Dogg to that game and it never came out. Just quietly faded into the <laughs> abyss of gaming, man. Like mm-hmm. I don't know I don't even know why that just popped into my head, but I'm sure there's more that pop up there, bro. But we we can leave it there. This this is gonna be a good week, bro. I think this is gonna be content week on the get on the behind the scene podcast, man. So you know, to the listeners out there, this was some good B roll. You know what I'm saying, bro? I know it's late in VA. It's late up here, bro. I appreciate you coming through and chopping it up, dog. You know what I mean? Good good shit tonight. I think we got what about an hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, like an hour and a half, two hours. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. So, like you, yeah. I, li- I appreciate all you listeners out there for listening to us, and um, you know, some good B roll. And hey, let's go Boston. Let's get it back, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>